Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. My name is Laura Bradburn. I have in fact moved from this spot since last night. I went to bed, I had something to eat, had the shower, all that stuff, just in case anybody's in any doubt. But I was on the match coverage last night uh, with Paul John and the pre-match with Colin, where we obviously reacted to um, the Bayer Leverkusen result in the Europa League last night. I will get uh, my two fellow contributors' thoughts on that in due course. But first of all, let me introduce Tony Haggerty. How are you doing, Tony? I'm very well, Laura, yourself? Not too bad. End of another week. Uh, a big week in Celtic. Mm-hmm. When isn't it a big week for Celtic uh, these days anyway? Um, uh, but we'll get to all of that a little bit later. 
you might think to yourself watching Jim's looking a little bit different today. Uh, he unfortunately couldn't join us uh, because of uh, the time difference uh, that you're noticing, but somebody located in Australia could join us. Jared from Celtic Down Under. How are you doing, Jared? I'm good, Laura. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's good to have you here. And obviously, um, for everybody watching uh, at the moment, you'll notice that we've started at 10.30 rather than our usual 12.30 slot. Um, and that is in honour of, obviously, Lisbon Lion great Bertie Old, who will be laid to rest later today in a mass at St Mary's in Calton, uh, followed by a, a cortege past his uh, beloved Celtic Park. So in honour of the wee man uh, and to, to give him the appropriate respect we thought it was appropriate not to air at the same time as that service and what better time to honour him and go live than 10.30 for 10.30 obviously not the case for Jared but there you go we, we do what we can um, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that and we'll get into it uh, as, as, uh, as we always do Tony I'll come to you first um, your overall thoughts on the game last night? It was a bit of a, as you like to say, a rip-roaring one. It was end-to-end. There was goals galore. What did you make of it? A bit of a mixed bag, wasn't it? You know, we started poorly, recovered brilliantly, ended poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, but for long spells in that game, they went toe-to-toe with a team who are regarded as one of the favourites for that. Myself and Jared were speaking off air and we're he said that they're a Champions League quality team. Can't deny that. They're riding high in the Bundesliga. And Celtic ran them close. You know, if you'd have said that five months ago, people would have laughed at you. Said you go to Germany and you're eight minutes away from winning on German soil for the first time. You know, and see a lot of negativity about the substitutes, game management, all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm being more positive about last night. The substitutes, in my opinion, and we're banged about, banged on about this, and so has the manager. They just lack the quality of the players that they're replacing. And until Celtic are in a position to have real competition for places and replace like for like, then this is what's going to happen until Ange has what he would deem a settled squad. You know, the subs cost Celtic the game in terms of the fact that when they were brought on to do a job. You didn't affect the game in the way that the ones that went off did. You know, you can't legislate for that fact that guys that come on are inferior quality and do not carry out the manager's instructions. You know, yeah. these guys are meant to take the ball up the park, create openings. You know, and Jared will maybe be able to enlighten us a bit more, but on why the substitutions are made, I can understand it. You know, it, it makes sense to bring on fresh legs, possibly chase a third kill the game and there were moments in that game where you thought Celtic were going to get a third <coughs> Sorry, and the guys up top had burst their hump and were knackered and were shattered you know potent game on Sunday as well so all these things come into play yeah go back to it defensive deficiencies but we've spoken about that since the start of the season mm-hmm. that another window to get in better quality defenders possibly better quality midfielders as well and, mm. and another striker, because well, we saw from Ajetti's cameo that he ain't going to cut it. Possibly Mikey Johnson not not going to cut it either. But you know, I thought there was lots to be positive about last night. You know, mm-hmm. in the in the great, very very unlucky. 
And in Joe Hart, we have a, a goalkeeper that's just astonishing. That double save was incredible, and we'll probably get to that. But, you know, there's a lot of negativity kicking around the, <coughs> the social media sphere, Twitter sphere and yeah. Facebook. And um, I can see what Andy's trying to do. For one of the first times, you can see what they're trying to build. And, you know, and with a few more additions and being backed in the window and being continued to be backed, this will fall Celtic's way one day in Europe away from home. They've gone to Spain and Germany and scored five. Granted, they've come away with nothing. But you now trust this team to go away from home and score. It's keeping the back door shut. That's been a problem. They've conceded the highest goals in the Europa League. So that tells its own story. They're now in the Conference League. Fair enough. We're guaranteed Europe after Christmas. You'd have taken that at the start of the season as well. So I say a, a real mixed bag. But uh, um, I, I was... Happy enough with the performance, but bitterly disappointed with the result. Yeah, it was a bitter disappointment, as these sucker punches of an 86-minute goal always are, but we'll, we'll, we'll break down a little bit more of the match as we go on. Just before I come to Jared, DK on YouTube, thanks for commenting, and remember, everybody, you can comment on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, wherever you're watching. DK says, Ange in post-match press conference acknowledged that the subs cost us a game, and just can't trust McCarthy, Ajeti, MJ and Abada. It's certainly looking that way, but I mean, if Ange is anything, he's honest, and I, I don't think anybody with an honest bone in their body could look at the substitutions last night and say they were the, the right decision or that they were certainly not the reason that we, we crumbled at the end. Um, Jared, I'll get your thoughts on the game specifically, um, maybe a little bit later, but... I'm interested, just because it's been a while since I've spoken to you, obviously had you on the show uh, a number of months ago uh, when we were going through a bit more of a rocky patch with Ange. Um, I I was interested to get your thoughts on being somebody who knows the way that Ange works and how he strips teams apart and rebuilds them. Are things going according to the kind of Ange timeline for you of what you've seen elsewhere? Or is is it taking a little bit longer to come together? What's your thoughts on that? It's actually going quicker than I expected. <laughs> usually, wow. usually it um, takes about the first season is a full knockdown rebuild sort of thing. He's done that in five months. So where is that? Where are the teams at now? And some of the, the the play we're seeing and the way it's starting to build up. That's the way you, I'd normally have seen his teams at the end of the first, towards the end of his first season. So I think he's probably a good four or five months ahead of schedule. Yeah, it certainly seems to be that way and still still a little bit of work to do. Um, I'll, I'll ask you the same as I asked Tony. Like, what, what was your thoughts on the game last night overall? Just an overarching kind of view of how it went for you? Tony covered most of what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's going, on, oh, sweet, he's leaving something for me. He's leaving me the Joe Hart bit. And then he just dropped that in there. And I'm like, Tony, you're wrecking me. I've got nothing new to say. No, it was that <laughs> So, yeah, the the crux of the game, yeah, Tony's covered that. There's not much more to add to it. But the thing, something you said, Laura, about the subs that we made, mm. like that they're not the, they weren't the right subs to make, mm-hmm. I actually think they were for the way Ange plays. Like if, we're up, if you're away from home against a higher quality team, most play, people would say park the bus, put, do, a, do a Livingston, 
you know, Dewis and Johnson park the bus, load up the box and just ride it out, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew that was never going to happen. And as soon as I saw those subs happen with Jota's off, Forrest off, Furuhashi's off, that sort of stuff happening, I'm like, yeah, he's probably looking at going, I know they've got goals in them. We've ridden our luck a bit. There's been some saves. They've hit the post. Let's try and get another one. So it's a two-goal margin because then that's going to be easier because we had to get that win, let's be honest, to try and get into stay in Europa League. Mm. So I can understand it's like a poker player going, here's my chips. I'm going all in. That's pretty much what those subs were to me. And that's Ange for you in a nutshell. He'd rather attack and ride his luck. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. It's it's an interesting point. I, I, I guess, um, yeah, I guess my my like sort of objections to the, the the substitutions were made was as much about the players themselves rather than the choices. I can understand the can understand the, the logic behind freshening things up up front and um trying to get an extra goal just to kill off the match. But when you're replacing uh a a fit and uh you know, on fire Jota with um Mikey Johnston, uh you're already up against something when you're replacing Kyogo who, even though you know it wasn't as much of a goal threat last night, certainly works a lot harder than a jetty. When you're replacing him with him, it's it's a difficult one as well. So, I, I I take on board your point about the logic of the substitutions. It's the it's the personnel that that is the problem. I, Can I, I just to... throw the flip side at you there, Laura, quickly. Yeah. Looking at the team list, okay, if we're going to throw on defenders and try and you know park the bus, our bench scales. You're a giddy. Shaw, Murray, Montgomery. They're your defenders on the bench. Really? Who are you going to put on? So. Well, I mean, we did. There's not like Julian's on the bench or anything, is it? Yeah, no, we did have a discussion about that in the pre-match myself and Colin last night. We were kind of concerned that, you know, we actually were talking about it from the point of view of if the game was needing something extra, if it was in the balance and we needed something extra, who would we bring on? We didn't think the attacking choices, but yeah, the defensive choices were, are not up to scratch either. And Tony, this this brings us all back to the same thing. The one thing Celtic fans are asking for, and last night was that in a microcosm, is back the manager in January. We, he's already shown he can eye a player. His signings have been successful. Some a lot more successful pound for pound than, than other managers we've had in the past. Surely the board must be looking at something like last night and saying... Give us a list and we'll go after who we can get. This was a manager that told you he wanted to measure himself against the best. So he went for it against Bayer Leverkusen last night. Talk about fine margins and measurements. You know, Celtic were that close, that close, with a team really that has no right to go to the Bay Arena and play like that. With a team containing the likes of Beaton, you know, and substitutes like Mikey Johnson, Albin Ayeti coming on. No, and it's no disrespect to those players, but you know, all being well, if a manager gets back, they don't feature in the team. You know, mm-hmm. it, could be, it could be others there that might not feature in the team as well. You know, so you have to back the manager. You have to back his judgment. He will play no other way. He said that I was critical of him at the start of the season because I wanted them to to win football matches. The guy tried to win a football match last night, you know. He tried to win a, a, an important football match last night and now we'll get fans who are upset at that now. You know, yeah. 
telling it's lack of game management, you know. But we all know about the lack of personnel. We've been banging on about it since the start of the window. So is the manager. Now, if you back this manager and he brings in the players that he wants, you will see more progress. <coughs> excuse me, more progress moving forward. We got Celtic got beat for nothing against Bayer Leverkusen at home. You touched on it as well. Progress has already been made. So, you know, what, what's it to be? I think it's just an overwhelming sense of frustration about last night because yeah. they were so close. And I get back to it. That team shouldn't be competing like that against a, a German team like that. Favourites for the tournament, a Champions League team in all but name. But they did because the manager's tactics, as Jared will tell you, is to <coughs> not go gung-ho but to try and win football matches, playing attacking football. So what do you want here? You know, I was critical, as I said, of them at the start. I just wanted them to win football matches. But if there's a way of losing, Jared will say this as well, that was an Ange way of losing, wasn't it, Jared? Absolutely. That was an Ange way to go down, go down fighting, measure measure yourself against the best. And my goodness, they get a couple of right good shots in or a couple of good hooks in if you're a boxer, you know, and and on another day, the decision could have gone their way, you know, so <clears throat> that's that's where we're at. Work in progress, trust the manager, trust the process, all that kind of stuff. Have faith in the manager, have faith in his judgment, because he does know a player when he sees one, and he knows, and he was possibly making the point with the bench last night that we could have won that game had we had better players, <coughs> better personnel will make us win that game. And if he turns around and says, we lost the game because of the subs, it's maybe a wee warning shot over the bow to say to the board, listen, we can now go to these places and compete, but we can do more than compete the next time. If you arm me to the teeth, I'll bring in him, 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 him and him, and we'll take it from there. Because he's already said anything negative, anything bad's on him. So he mm. takes the rap for everything. He'll take the rap <coughs> for the substitutions last night and the negativity that's coming his way about the failure of game management. That's fine. He'll take all that. But he'll also turn around and say, well, do you know what? Here's a counter to that. If in January you allow me to bring in X, Y, Z, then, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. We can go again type thing, you know. So uh, I'm, you know, a lot of people probably don't, see this in me because I get cold, I'm pretty a negative character at times, but I was pretty enthused last night for for the first time in a long time I thought, you know what, I can see a long term strategy here. I can see some kind of plan. Mm. As I say, gutted to lose so late. But you know what? How could you not be anything other than kind of proud of the way they played? Because you can pinpoint the deficiencies. Defensively they're deficient, still need players. And in midfield, you're still deficient because Beaton going off, disrupted the flow, and then your your players that are coming on are of the quality. So we 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 can roadmap this defeat. We can see where it all went wrong. The manager can see that. Hopefully, those upstairs can see that as well and listen to the manager and say, "This is how I'm going to rectify this in January." Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Let me, do, let me do what I do best, and that's manage a football club, and I'll get you results if you allow me to bring in the players to get you the results. As Jared said, he's five months ahead of where he probably should be in the rebuildings, uh, rebuilding structure. So, you know, let's take it to the nth degree. And, you know, because you now look at that team and you think, the league is very much there for the taking now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Patrick Dolan on YouTube actually totally agrees with you. Uh, he's commented, uh, again, game management is poor. Uh, lead in three away games in the group and pick up only three points from a possible nine. Don't have the necessary strength and depth. Uh, the board needs to back Ange now. <clears throat> um, geez, oh, I don't know what you've got, Tony, but it's catching. Um, <laughs> it's the um, Ange cough. That's what she's about. It's, it's tribute it's to the Ange It's the Ange cough, Jared. You're right. It's the we'll, be calling each other, we'll be calling each other mate next. I don't know. <laughs> um, Jared, uh, Tony made an interesting point there. Um, if there's one thing we know about the manager, it's that he picks his words very carefully and he doesn't suffer fools gladly in any way. Do you think the comment that that the substitutions were a big issue or, or part of the reason that led to the defeat. Do you think that that is a deliberate tactic on his part to try and force the board's hand or is he just speaking from the heart, do you think? I wouldn't put it past him for it to be a, a subtle... He's not he's about as subtle as a sledgehammer to the head, let's be honest. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you look at it and go, look at him after the Michelin one, people aren't... People on the board or whatever aren't taking my point on like, I'm not being forceful enough to get players, whatever the exact quote was. That was the same sort of context, in my opinion, as what that comment was, Laura. Like, it was exactly what it was. He's saying, hey, I've got players here. The subs didn't do it. So he's he's taken the the hit himself, saying, I made subs. It didn't work. That's on me. But at the same time, there's that subtlety where it's a little little jab to the ribs of the of the guys on the board or whoever's got the checkbook to say, you're gonna to have to let me sign some players because we've got an in my opinion, we've got an our attack is good enough for Europe at the moment. Mm. We're scoring, as you guys have said, the defense needs work for it to be in Europe. And the analogy I keep seeing and keep thinking about and saying is there's an old baseball movie, Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Mm. And just building it, now it's got to get the players to come. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great movie, great movie quote. I'm always up for one of those, uh, so I, I like that one. Um, Tony, it's it's difficult sometimes when you're, if you're anything like me, sometimes the, the result can overshadow the positives of the game, but I do like to try and focus on some of those. And one of the absolute positives is, we lost 3-2. We could have lost by a lot more if it wasn't for the man between the sticks. Joe Hart. I mean, I don't think there's an individual in the world who has changed my opinion of them so drastically for the positive as Joe Hart. What did you make of that performance last night and the impact he's having in general at the club? It was uh, it was superhuman, heroic. You know, mm-hmm. kind of it's an injustice to those words really, isn't it? What Joe Hart did last night. I, I likened it to uh, it was Henrik Larsson-esque in the UEFA Cup final. He just didn't deserve to be in the losing side. Scoreline mm-hmm. was the same, ironically. 
you know, but that, that double save was just incredible. The boy Adley thinks he's got a tap in. Adley believes he's scored and can't believe that Joe Hart's came away with the ball. Yeah. I genuinely think Adley thought, all I need to do is touch this and it's in. And how Joe Hart saved it, I will never know. I mean, the reaction save with the foot was, was good enough. But the second one, I mean, just, <coughs> excuse me, an incredible piece of goalkeeping. But again, are you surprised? Joe Hart's fallen in love with football again. I've mentioned it before. His commitment to the Celtic cause is just, it's 100% now. So he will bust every you know, sinew to keep the ball out the net if he can. And if he can save the ball, he'll save it. Because he's, I keep getting back to as well, he's a bloody good goalkeeper. You know, yeah. People don't realise that. He, doesn't, he hasn't lost it overnight. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. And he showed last night exactly why he, all that big game experience came to the fore. And yeah, lost two late goals. Fine, I get that. Lost the game, no worries. But you have to turn around and say sometimes, you know, see up until he lost the, the two late goals, Joe Hart is bordering on a 10 out of 10 performance in the mm-hmm. man-to-man ratings. He really is. That, that's To me, that would have been a, a 10 out of 10 performance if Celtic had a won because he was incredible. You know, so and he can't legislate for I say the last two goals, but what he's brought, he's brought stability, he's brought confidence, you know, and he's also brought a reassurance to that Celtic defence, or, or at least most for most part. Yep, like every goalkeeper, prone to the odd error, clanger, get that. But if he continues to make them when you're four one up against Dundee, then I don't think MD will, will bat an eyelid about that, you know, they'll, they'll just say, right, fine, okay. But last night he showed every bit of quality where you thought Joe Hart should be playing at a higher level. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, England, the, the, you know, the, the teams in England just thought he'd lost it. He'd lost his mojo or whatever and they made snap decisions on him. And mm. it's to Celtic's credit that they gave him the opportunity. And it's also, Celtic's been great for Joe Hart, but Joe Hart's been great for Celtic as well because he's wanted to show everybody that he can still Keep the ball out of the out the sticks, you know. And I, I just, I can't praise the guy highly enough. You know, he was, he was extraordinary last night. And that save, the double save in particular, will live long in the memory. He did another one with his foot, where people said he didn't know too much about what happened. But goalkeepers keep the ball out the net by hook or by crook. And as I say, I get back to he was just so unlucky to to end up on the losing side, and I, and I felt for him so much because he gave everything last night. Do you know, it's, it's funny, you hear that feedback a lot about the goalkeeper didn't know much about it, especially if they just fire out a limb or whatever, but I always think that's a bit of an unfair criticism. You know, these are guys oh, right. who, these are guys who, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, these are guys who have spent years uh, honing that skill, honing yeah, yeah. the ability to the point where it becomes instinct. So you yeah. might think it looks involuntary, and the chances are it probably is. It's because it's ingrained in them. It's muscle memory. Yeah. To keep the ball out the net, that's their job. So they will use everything and anything at their power and their disposal to do that. As you see, if they do it from memory, fine. <coughs> you see the white spherical object heading towards them. You know, that's, it doesn't matter how they keep it away or if they can keep it out the net. You know, and I, I think also in the Rangers game, McGregor had a, a double save as well, which... Defy belief. I don't know if anybody's seen that, but you know it was it was pretty good. You know, so 
mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a goalkeeper's instinct. That's that's what they're there to do, you know. And you, you can't be lucky if you do that, yeah. you know. You, you just can't. It's it's down to the fact that you know what you're doing. You know, you got a hat tip sometimes to to great goalkeeping, and that last night was a sensational piece of goalkeeping. Yeah, 100% was. Jared, um, we spoke to you early in Andrew's reign and we spoke to Dan Orlowitz of the Japan Times and, and, and if Tony's recollection is as mine was, it was a squeaky bum time listening to both of you talking about Andrew's uh, attitude on defending and, and that kind of thing. Um, but he seems to, with Joe Hart, have identified perhaps the biggest defensive weakness that we had at the time he came in, the goalkeeping position, identified it and rectified it, and like you said, had had foundations to build on. What have you made of Joe Hart coming in? What was your attitude about him before he came to the club, and how do you think his impact has, has helped Ange build what he's trying to build? Well, I always thought Joe Hart was a, was a good keeper, like... All his time at Man City, when he was in England, all that sort of stuff. I thought he was a good keeper. You don't lose that overnight. Hmm. And it was just he wasn't Guardiola's sort of goalkeeper. So to then go to Torino, apparently he did well over there, and then he got hurt, and then he's just bounced around for a few years. So I was like, okay, does he still have it or not? It's a 50-50 now because he hasn't played at that level in a couple of seasons, like three, four years, whatever it was. So I was a 50-50 on it, but... I'm like, he was exactly what we needed in terms of we needed a vocal leader for our relatively young backline. And you compare, he, yes, he doesn't tick the boxes in the way Anjok's to play, like with keepers with good foot footwork, right? But he's making do. So I think whatever that, that magical coaching that Stevie Woods is doing with our goalkeepers, Joe Hart's gone on the Fraser Forster couple of years ago where he'd come in, he hadn't done anything for a couple of years and then had a blinder of a season for us when the season we beat Lazio. And now Joe Hart's getting that benefit with us. And all it takes is someone to commit to the club, feel like love, put an arm around him, feel loved and feel like he's contributing. And look at the guy. He's almost back to his Man City levels. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Callum on YouTube has commented, this took me by surprise, sorry I'm late. Uh, welcome, Callum, and anybody who is surprised by the fact we're here early. If you missed the start of the show, um, we're on at 10.30 today in honour of uh, Bertie Old, whose uh, funeral mass takes place today at St Mary's in the Carlton. Um, just to avoid doing this in future, uh, you can actually subscribe to the Estate of Mind YouTube channel. Um, we're nearly at 16,000 uh, subscribers, which is amazing. And you can actually press a little bell on there that gives you a notification when we go live. So even if you're not expecting us or if we do a surprise bulletin as we sometimes do at the weekends if there's no football on then then you'll never miss another stream um, and you can always catch up on them uh, uh, sort of afterwards as well um moving on to uh next week or, or the next week uh, in football for us and um, we've got Aberdeen coming up at home on uh Sunday um a three o'clock kickoff there um against uh against us at Celtic Park Tony um first of all I'm wondering we talked a little bit last night on the post-match press conference about the need to use the squad that we have because of the number of games that we've got coming up, even if the squad isn't of the standard we would like it to be yet. What are your thoughts on will there be many changes or do you see us going with the same team at the weekend that we had on Thursday night? Well, I think part of the manager's re- remit and taking 
who are making the substitutes was also mindful of the fact that he's got a game on Sunday to win. Um, he's always forward planning, he's always methodical, does things for a reason. Jared can tell you that as well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't expect to see much change on Sunday. Probably, I would be inclined to start the same team unless Beaton is out for a, a lengthy spell, but maybe Roger could come back in if he's fit. I don't know what he said about Roger. He'd maybe start a wee bit away, you know, so all depends. But I, I don't envisage him making far too many changes, you know, because they've got league points to to win. You know, so you can't be you know, tinkering with the team at this stage in the season. But again, that's the, that again, it's the threadbare nature of the squad, isn't it? When mm-hmm. guys get injured, you know, we don't have adequate replacements. So it's all coming back in on itself, isn't it really? You know, but uh, I think Angie's knows more than Cable. I mean they they were on a nine match unbeaten run up until last night. There's no reason to suggest that they can't do that again. Uh, domestically and in Europe, you know, or, or, or extend it. We just happened to be playing a, a class outfit last night. No disgrace mm-hmm. to lose to Bayer Leverkusen, you know, but uh, I'm sure Angie's got his eye further ahead and, you know, right up until January the 2nd. So when they play Rangers, he'll, he'll want to keep grinding out the results and winning, especially in the league, because as I said just a while ago, that he'll feel that it is there for the taking. So they have to be clinical and ruthless again. And, you know, if that means, you know, going to the same well and asking the same players to perform, then so be it. And I know it's unfair, but it's just the nature of the beast itself. You have to win football matches and you have to go to the well and keep drinking and peaking and peaking and peaking. And if and again, the same players are going to be asked the same questions. You know, they're going to have to dig deep again against Aberdeen and yeah, I think the manager knows that. He has every sympathy with that. And that's why he's having these warning shots over the bow to say to the board, I need help. These players need help. So give me that help so I can give these guys a rest at some point during this hectic schedule that's coming up. Yeah, it's certainly something to keep in mind. Um, Jared, to, to expand the question a little bit, um it's sometimes difficult to predict exactly what Ange will do in these situations. If you were him, what changes would you make? Would you make any changes? Would you stick with the same eleven? How would you go into the game against Aberdeen on Sunday? It all depends, as Tony said, on the Beton situation. Because mm-hmm. um, realistically looking at Aberdeen, their midfield's their, their strongest part. So you're not going to want to have... McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic together in the middle of the park when you've got Bruni, um, what's the guy they got from from Rangers? can't remember his name. Just lost it off the top of my head. But then you've also got um, Ferguson in there. So they've got yeah. some guys who can play a bit who will also leave a foot in if need be. So it's going to be physical in the middle. So as much as, I, as being an Aussie and I want to see, you know, Rogic, the Don Sculper, as I call him, because of how well he plays against him, see him in there. I'd love to see that, but I just can't see it happening. So I thought Turnbull looked a little flat in the game against Leverkusen. Maybe he gets a break, Rogic comes in. That's probably the, the only change I would make. And if Starfelt's fit him in for Welsh, that's pretty much it. Mm. Otherwise, it would be the same lineup that we played with against Leverkusen. 
It's it's an interesting point that Jared raises, Tony. Um, I, I've made no secret of my um admiration, uh, nay love for uh David Turnbull over the, <laughs> the seasons. He is a bit flat at the moment. He isn't having the impact that that he could have. Do you think it's maybe a case of he's perhaps a player who needs a little bit of a rest? He's a possible one to to leave on the bench. He'd certainly be a good option to bring off the bench uh, if he was a bit fresher. Do you not think? I think quite a lot of the Celtic players need a rest. <laughs> no, to be fair, but the manager and the the players know that. You know, it was Alan Morrison that was on here. He was talking about rest and recuperation, wasn't it? And he was mm-hmm. doing all the stats and stuff. And he was saying, was it 48 hours? It's the, the minimum time, you know. But a lot of these guys who have played a lot of football maybe need more, especially guys that have maybe went on long-haul international trips like Kyogo and stuff like that, you know. I, I don't think for a minute that Kyogo doesn't need a rest either. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But mm-hmm. we're in a needs-must situation in regard to the question about Turnbull. <coughs> you know, you, but you always feel about Turnbull that he's capable of doing something. You know, mm-hmm. and he'll spring into life at any given minute. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. You know, and that's what frustrates you. Would would put would bench him be the answer? Possibly. But guys like Tumble want to play. You know, so uh, you, you just you kinda run the risk of, you know, upsetting guys who in their mind probably think they're contributing a lot to the cause where the supporters and the manager might see it differently. You know, again, that'll be Angie's call. But yeah, you, you look at Turnbull and you think, you know, you're you're hot and cold, you know, and you, you and when you go off the boil, you, you aren't contributing, which which is frustrating because he has it, he has an abundance of riches in his locker. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when they come out, and I know you you value him very highly. I I do as well. I think he's a a technically gifted, fantastic footballer, but just too often this season we've not seen that. Yeah. So, you know, the manager might be tempted to, to rest him in the hope that he comes back, you know, rejuvenated, reinvigorated. But, again, I get back to the, the threadbare nature of the squad makes it pretty impossible to do that with a tried and tested 11. But we have to, Tony. Like, let's be honest, between our next Europa League game next Thursday, we've got Aberdeen, Hearts and Dundee United in Aye. the league. Yeah. We have to rotate in these three games. We have to. And just, with, there's no choice. There's no, no fact of the matter is we've got a we're lacking squad depth, but it has to happen. I so, do, but see if they take points during in any of those games, then the fans will go mental and then they'll say, yeah. why did they rotate? So I, I get totally what you're saying. Players need to rest. I, I totally get that. But now, I'm looking at Turnbull going, okay, against Aberdeen, they're not 
it's not going to be as fast a game or or I actually think the matchup will better suit if Turnbull gets rested against Aberdeen so he can play against Hearts because mm-hmm. his game would suit the way Hearts plays and the way we need to attack them better, in my opinion, than Aberdeen. Like Aberdeen, our wingers, can do, will do most of the damage. I'm not disputing any of that logic, Jared. I'm just disputing the fact that Andrew will probably go with what he sees fit, which is a, a winning team. You know, and if and if he thinks out that that winning team who who gone what nine games unbeaten, six in the league, five or six wins at five wins out of six, I think in the league, or six out of seven, you know, <coughs> I don't think he'll change much. I think it's it's a bit like the old um, snooker analogy. You've got to think where you want the cue ball to be three or four shots ahead. But if you miss the pot before you get there, then you're then you're you're screwed basically. Ronnie Pickering, and I hope it's not the the real Ronnie Pickering, but it might be on YouTube says Tommy uh, Turnbull's fatigued, Celtic severely lacking quality and depth, which I think is all. Everything comes back to that point of of yeah. the the lack of quality and depth, the need to back the manager in January. Um. Jared, I wanted to take a little bit of a more in-depth look at the opposition, um, which it, it's clear that you've you've done already. Um, Aberdeen are sitting eighth. They've only won two out of their last five matches, but things under Stephen Glass seem to maybe be turning a corner after a slightly difficult start for them. They have had a win against Hearts. They've had a draw against Rangers. Where do you think the threat comes from uh, from Aberdeen on, on Sunday? Do you see them being a big threat for us? I think we should get the win, but I'm not expecting us to go there and, and pants them and beat them 5-0. I'm thinking it'll probably be, I said on our pod, maybe a 2-0 or a 3-1 because there's always that risk the way we play. But I really don't see, I think Ramirez, if he's if he's fit, I'm not sure if he is or not. He's the main danger because if, with the way they play, he's their main target man and then they've got guys playing off him. But as I said before, the midfield battle is going to dictate how much service he gets and how much service our forwards get, and that's where the game's going to be won and lost in the middle of the park. I think it's that's going to be a vital, vital area, Tony. Where, where for you are the the areas where we might struggle against Aberdeen, or where they might be particularly strong and and, and give us a challenge? I think obviously the midfield area is Aberdeen's strongest point. You know, mm-hmm. we've already seen that and. They went to Ibrox and gave Rangers a game. Bruni even scored, you know, so you're up against that as well. But I, I don't know. I just fully expect Celtic to win against Aberdeen. You know, the, Aberdeen haven't been great this season. You know, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, and a lot of people are saying that if Celtic don't score early, they struggle. You know, I don't, don't know if I'm buying into that uh, per se. You know, I just think that teams are playing against Celtic in a specific way because they don't want hammered. You know, and yeah. it's up to Celtic to break that down. And once they do break that down, then other teams run the risk of getting a hammer. There's you only know, two or three teams in the league, Tony, that will come out and play against us. Yeah. You know that and that's the thing. And I don't uh, I don't don't list Aberdeen as one of them. You know, mm. so you know when you've got teams that are not are deliberately not coming out to play at football then so be it. You know, they are strong in the middle of the park. Up front, I'm not really too concerned about the the threat that they've got because I think Celtic can capably take care of it. You know, I'm I'm always concerned about what Celtic do against any opposition, and I just feel that 
up until last night, momentum was very much with Celtic, but they played well last night, so I've no reason to believe that they can't score and score two or three against Aberdeen, like Jared says. Mm-hmm. You know, and also, you know, the, there's there's confidence surging through Celtic at the minute, especially domestically. So I'm I'm always of the opinion that, you know, especially at home, Celtic are particularly good. You know, they, they might struggle, Aberdeen might camp in and sit in, but you have to find a way to, to combat that now. And I think that's what Celtic are finding the more and more the season goes on. Teams are intent on playing them at football. St Johnson did it last week at Hamden. Celtic got the job done in the end. And that's what it's all about now. Between now and January, get the job done. Doesn't matter how you do it. You know, if you can win three or four nothing, then so be it. But just win. You know, and then you play Rangers on the second of January and see what happens. But I, I'm I'm still pretty confident in this Celtic team, especially at home, to beat anybody. Yeah, if the confidence is there, and like you said, um, you, you know, teams who have come to play against us and, and, and play out against us ha- have suffered the consequences, Dundee and, and St Mirren amongst them. With that point in mind, Jared, and as, as Tony touched on and as you touched on as well, are you concerned that Aberdeen are going to park the bus like a Livingston, like a St Johnston uh, and proved difficult for us to break down because we have struggled against teams like that already this season. Do you expect Aberdeen to do that or is, has Stephen Glass got too much professional pride? Is he going to want to come and try and imprint his own game on, on us? I did a bit of um look back at the highlights and just a couple minutes here and there of how Aberdeen have been playing. The last five games, Kevin Graham put a post up before saying that they've beaten Hibs and Hearts and drew with Rangers in their last five. So they've got some form going for them. But the way they're playing is it's like a box with their centre-backs and a couple of defensive midfielders sitting there. And then, so they've got their compact, but then they've got the wingers who get out and look to whip crosses in. So it's like, keep it tight at the back and then play like a you know, V-shape out to the corners to come back into Ramirez and the target, man. Mm-hmm. So if that's the way they're going to play, then I'm not worried because our centre-backs will be fine. We've got good enough wingers and that there. So it's more... It's a little combination the way they play with what you were saying and what the question was. So I don't think they're going to come and full park the bus like row of four, row of four, and then one back and strike up at halfway. I don't think we're going to see that. But the way they play, they do leave gaps where if we can get into the middle, win the midfield, that battle, then our wingers will be able to get in behind and all sorts of – they'll have all sorts of nightmares. So I think we're a good – Good shout. We'll score goals. It's just at the other end, how much we can limit and cut down, you know, the, the crosses they get into the box. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. The word swashbuckling comes to mind, I think, uh, <laughs> as always does with Ange. I love that when they're talking about football. Oh, it was a swashbuckling game. Not that anybody uses it in uh, in normal language, but Tony, I'm sure you've seen it and maybe used it in your time uh, as a journalist. Oh, I, I love a bit of swashbuckling when it comes to the old rip roaring, free scoring, never boring. You know that. So, Andy's <laughs> team are kind of the epitome of what I like to see from the from Celtic. You know, so yeah, like a bit of swashbuckling. Yep, definitely. Hundred percent. Before we go back to focus on Celtic specifically, Tony, I wanted to get your 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 thoughts on the. Uh, um, 
some would call him a hero. Uh, some some might not, but he, he certainly is a, a, a massive uh, servant of the club. Scott Brown will be returning uh, to Celtic Park for the first time since his departure. It's it's tinged with a little bit of sadness in that he, he didn't get the send off he perhaps deserved uh, because of the the situation in the world at the time that he left Celtic and the nature of the way the season went on the pitch. Um, how do you see things going for him on his return? The reception that he might get. Do you think we could be? I know we've got the 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 tributes to Bertie to focus on uh, on Sunday, and I'm sure uh, Scott Brown's not the type to to want to take away from that in any sense. But surely we've got to to mark his return in some way and show him some sort of appreciation. I think when Scott Brown left, they had that moniker captain leader legend. That stays, doesn't it? I don't think that Scott Brown will ever relinquish those titles in the eyes of the Celtic fans. He was a born winner. He achieved a lot. And to get the opportunity to say cheerio or whatever, eh, right, in the right manner, he'll, he'll relish that. But it's like everything else. He'll be in the opposition. Eh, he'll be up against you. So I guess as long as Scott Brown doesn't do anything ridiculous, like score at Parkhead, like he did at Ibrox, then he'll get a wonderful reception. And if Celtic can put Aberdeen to the sword, everything will be, you know, everything will be tickety boo and fine. But it's when he starts to wind people up and and do what Scott Brown does, and then you'll look on and say, well, he did that for Celtic for the best part of a decade and more. So you know what you're getting with him, and uh, yeah, I think he'll always be revered by the Celtic supporters. And as I say, uh, I think the the captain leader legend name and title spoke for itself. He was a beating heart of that team for so, so long. <coughs> like him or loathe him, he's the kind of player that when he was on your team, you loved him. And if he wasn't in your team, you loathed him or you hated him. Maybe that's too strong, but he, he, that's, he was a divisive character, but he, he certainly never hid. And he achieved a lot at Celtic. People wonder why he never ever went elsewhere. He was happy and content and he played against the best, and he and he won a lot in his career. So, you know, personal happiness is is a big, big thing for footballers. And he was handsomely rewarded, and he played in the biggest stage with one of European football's biggest clubs. And he was, uh, yeah, a wonderful servant. But as I say, as long as he doesn't do anything stupid on Sunday, like, well, he'll do something stupid. He always does. I mean, <laughs> stupid, stupid as in, like, I correct, stupid as in, score a howitzer or something uh, you know but it just it'll be strange to see him at Celtic Park in an opposition jersey because it's been so long since he actually did that you know he was part and parcel of the fabric of the team that achieved so much uh, so yeah but uh, you know I wish him all the best and, I, and I'd like to think that the Celtic supporters will, will be kind to him until the game starts and then all bets are off isn't it and that's the way Bruni would like it that's the way you would always want it. Yeah, if I, it's an interesting one because I can't decide with Scott Brown's personality whether he would absolutely celebrate out his head if he scored a goal just to wind us up for a laugh <laughs> or whether he would do the, the thing that's become modern parlance in football and kind of raise a hand but keep his head down. I can't decide. Do you know what, Laura? I would actually love him to celebrate and go off his nut if he if he's <laughs> because it's, the I, I, it's in keeping with who he is. I prefer it to be a consolation goal, like three or four one, you know. But you know, would you grudge him doing it? You no, know? 
so, and I think it would be taken in the in the spirit he would intend it as well. I would think. Of course, you know. So, you know, football's all about scoring and high moments, and people want to strip the enjoyment out of football. You know, and and I get all that. It's a respect thing when you score against your former club, and and I'm fully aware of that. But I just think sometimes, you know what? You know, there's a difference between celebrating and doing an Adi Bayor and running a hundred yards to to really rile a set of supporters that used to adore you. There's a big difference. But you know, if you score against your former club, it's you know, it's part and parcel of football. It happens, but it's that's the that's the best moment in football, isn't it? To score a goal, so celebrate it by whatever way you see fit. Oh, hundred percent. It's uh, uh, I just uh, I'm quite looking forward to it because that was one aspect of his personality that I always always loved. <laughs> one of my abiding favourite memories as a as a Celtic supporter, full stop, is him scoring that goal against Rangers, where the Bruni was born, and and standing in front of El Hajjouf, particularly because I was at. Uh, I was at one of the, the Celtic Rangers matches where El Hadjouf, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he, he was um, less than savoury towards the supporters, let's put it that way. And so he always had a particularly, uh, well, put it this way, cross me and you won't be forgiven, especially if you're a Rangers player and, uh, and El Hadjouf did that. So, um, Jared, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Bruni returning. He's, he's a player who... You know, probably didn't have the best ability of any player that we've ever seen. Probably um, wasn't to everybody's liking with the way that he played, but certainly brought a mentality, a steeliness, a, a sort of winning mentality to the team that even now we're probably missing. Um, what do you make of him coming back and, and, and what do you think will happen on Sunday with that? Uh, my wife will say I have a bit of a man crush on Bruni. <laughs> he's the first ever player in my whole life whose name and number I ever got on the back of a shirt. Wow. So that's how highly I rate the guy because normally I'm like, players come and go. I don't want someone's name who's not there. He was the only one who I've done that for until last season and then that bloke left. So, you know, Bruni was the um, was the guy <laughs> for me. So come back. I hope he gets the round of applause he deserves. Um, I said before, if we win 3-1, that happens, and he scores a late goal, consolation goal, and he does a Bruni. If that happens, the next day, Twitter will be a cesspit. You're going to have people absolutely berating him for not respecting it, but then you'll have everyone else who's like, no, he's just taken the piss. <laughs> so we'll have a bit of a laugh, and we'll know it was all good natured and stuff. So, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, 
then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I know once that whistle goes, eh, he's going to kick lumps out of everyone. And I wouldn't expect anything else. He's the sort of guy you want in your team. And when he's not in your team, he's winding you up. So, yeah. I wish yeah. he was the best, except for when the actual game's on. Then I want him to have an absolute stinker. Well, here's here's hoping. But um, David Kelly on YouTube, thanks for commenting, says, I think that Brown will get a great reception. Um, he stayed a couple of seasons too long, but that wasn't his fault. And I think that's... I think that's the thing is, uh, I think Celtic supporters were perhaps angry more at the at the way his situation was handled than him as an individual. I think he could have provided us a lot of off-the-pitch stuff in his last couple of seasons, but um, as is the want with Celtic players, sometimes we kind of ran him into the ground with the amount that we played him and uh, it, it didn't do him any favours. But I'm looking forward to seeing him on Sunday and seeing what he, what he brings and... It will be strange to be playing against them. Um, we'll get a little bit of a taste of the feeling that every other team in the league has had for for the past decade or so. Of, of I'm sure I'll be shouting at him at some point because I do have the ticket to the game, so I'm sure I'll be saying something about him, you know. Um, but it'll be an interesting one. We're going to end the show um, with a wee chat about Bertie, but before we do that, Tony, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Christmas advert. Now, it 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 doesn't it doesn't sound like the most serious topic, right? And it isn't. But I have to say, I've watched it back three or four times now. And yes, it's a silly bit of marketing. Yes, they're all wearing the gear that you're trying to sell in the shop and all that kind of stuff. It's the most cynical person in the world could look at it and say it's just a big marketing ploy. But I've got to say after the couple of years that we've had to be watching something where there was players that I I love with in-jokes about them, with an ability to take the mick out of themselves, with a manager that I admire, it just filled my heart with a little bit of joy to be a Celtic fan. What did you make of it? It just strikes a chord every year, doesn't it? You know, probably two things you look forward to Celtic support that is at Christmas. John Lewis ad and the Celtic ad, you know what I mean? It's kinda of on your on your calendar, you know, you sort of like, okay, when's it coming out? What's happening? And uh, yeah, I, you know, there's a, a great sense of fun with these Christmas ads in Celtic now. They they really know how to tug at the heartstrings and they also know how to have a laugh at themselves. And these adverts are they they showcase everything that's good about Celtic and the Celtic family and being a player, a manager, or just involved and connected with the club as a supporter in some way. And, uh, you know, it's it's meant to be light-hearted fun and a family time and a joyous time. And I don't think... Uh, I think it ticks every box, the Celtic Christmas adverts, you know, whether it be an emotional one or, you know, a happy one or a comedic one. You know, they just... They always seem to get that balance right. And I think you, you kind of... People that run a book as to who will be what particular character this year, you know, and it, and it's funny, you know, it's just it's it, it is meant to be light-hearted and uh, you know give the fans some cheer at, at, at the festive period, and 
and they always do it right and it's fair play to everybody that's involved and all sorts of production people behind it as well and the mark the, the marketing yeah of course it's a, a marketing strategy and a play we, we get all that but you know that that's fair enough that you you know you want to buy the christmas jumpers you buy it it's up to you it's a choice at the end of the day isn't it you want to buy celtic merchandise you go and buy it you know but uh I uh, I applaud everybody for entering into it in the spirit that it's meant. And as you say, you, you couldn't fail but to laugh at people having a week. You know, self-deprecation, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I do it a lot myself, you know, so it's the, it's the way forward. You know, and he, even Anne's getting involved as well, you know, probably thought, what's this all about? But, you know, just entered right into it. So good on them. And as you say, it's, uh, you know, life isn't that serious all the time, is it? You know, it really you isn't. It's, it's it's felt a bit too serious over the past couple of years, but yeah, no, it's definitely no. nice to see something as lighthearted as that. And I, and I don't think there's a Celtic supporter out there who, who didn't enjoy that advert when it hit the social media platforms on on midweek on Monday, whenever it was. So yeah, big up to everybody and a, and a hand clap all round because it was it's fun, you know. And that's I think that's the way it's and the spirit's intended. Yeah, the, the family group chat, uh, I have to say, lit up when it came out with screenshots of various different bits of it yeah. and Jaranovic doing the salt bay and <laughs> text my brother a picture of Ange with a, a sack of presents over his shoulder and the Christmas jumper on and his one reply was bad Santa, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Jared, it's, it's an interesting one. I've always wanted to get like somebody's opinion who lives in a slightly more... Um, tropical setting, maybe it's not a tropical setting, maybe I'm glamorising Australia beyond belief but like, how how does something like that translate to you as somebody living out with Scotland that, you know it's all, you know, cosy and, you know, winter time and all that kind of stuff when obviously it's the complete opposite to you, can you still get into the spirit of it when you watch something like that? I love those ads, like what, like two times you used to say you watched it, Laura, like four or five times or something like that yeah, yeah. I've, I reckon I've watched it at least probably 10 or 11 times. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, the thing I love about it is it's the, the guys, they're not taking themselves too serious. And it's great. That's what we want at our club. We don't want a bunch of stuck-up footballers. Like You can tell they're good, they're good humans if they're willing to do that and mm. take, take, mock themselves or be self-depreciating or whatever. Like The one I loved the most out of the whole ad was um, – What's his name? Strachan with his laptop. Like, that, that's, <laughs> that's the way I popped. Like, I was like, yes, how good. That was the one that got me the first time. So, yeah, but for what you said about the whole how do we get into it and everything with the weather, that well, summer, we're going into summer. So, <clears throat> like, seems no, the woolen jumpers. I said on our pod, thing I want to see from Ange going into Christmas is him wearing a, because of that black jumpery coat he manages in. I wanted to see him in the Christmas jumper. So, yeah. yeah but I knew Ange would have a laugh because he's always had that that dry Aussie sense of humour. So, yeah, it's I enjoy it, but a lot of the stuff I'm like, I'd buy the jumpers and that, but what's the point? It's going to be like, I don't know, next this time next week, it's going to be like 20, 29, 30 degrees, sunny. Why would I need one of those jumpers? So, we'll be in t-shirts for Christmas and you guys will be in <laughs> yeah, I I heard that there twenty nine thirty. Yeah, I'm sitting struggling, nursing the the cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I can do that. Well, well, yeah, well, 
<laughs> I, but what's what's cold in Australia? I don't even know. You know, it's, it's twenty five, isn't it, Jared? Never is cold. Twenty five. Uh, Eighteen today here in Melbourne, so that's cold. Oh, <laughs> better get the gloves out for eighteen degrees, Tony. <laughs> um, watch it here. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's uh, sometimes I sometimes I question my life choices, Tony. I'll say that much. Um, Tony, I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, you've you've given multiple tributes to Bertie at this point. I've I've done the same. We've we've listened to everybody on the pod over the week. What have you made of the coverage of of, of Bertie's passing and the? And the outpouring of love for him from everybody associated with the club. How is it how's it affected you as somebody who did know him well as well? I think it's been utterly wonderful, isn't it? You know, uh, you cannot speak highly enough of a man like Bertie Old. As I've said before, he just straddled every generation of Celtic supporter. He had the common touch. He was just a man of the people. And not just the Celtic supporters, but any football supporter that he came in touch with. Or he, who had the fortunate privilege to meet him. You know, he still, he's, have you ever known one man to have so many legendary stories of people say so many wonderful, <clears throat> touching and heartfelt things about him? I don't. I really don't. No, he, he just, every, and I, I said before, everybody had a Bertie story. And I, and I, I flippantly said that Pope John Paul II played to 250,000 people in Bella Houston Park in 1982. Bertie Aldred, more fans and followers than that. And, and I'm convinced he did, right? Because he could not walk down the street without speaking to somebody. And because that's just the way he was. And he just he, he had a wonderful presence, you know. And I also said he, he just gave the gift of Celtic to everybody, whether they wanted it or not. You know, I... Originally, he told me, and I said that, that Billy McNeil was Mr Celtic, but when Billy McNeil died, it, that kind of passed on to him. And Yeah, it just it, Celtic lost somebody really, really special. You know, and today I'll reflect that. You know, they'll, they'll talk about all the stories again and they'll have a laugh and they'll celebrate a life that was lived. You know, and every as I say, everybody has a particularly fond memory of Bertie, whether that be off the field or on the field, you know, forget that, well, they don't forget, he played in the best Celtic team ever, bar none, you know, and a team that, you know, that the players are now legends, every one of them, you know, so it's, and they will live on, you'll always live on because of that, you know, Celtic, the, the great child of Bertie Ogg's name, up beside the gold star, you see all the, the flags and the scarves, and that, that outpouring of emotion is just, a measure of the esteem that a man like Bertie was held in. You know, and he would, he'd probably, you know, he, he would be like, what's all this about? You know, for me, it's, it's nonsense. You know, he would be like, you, want, you don't want to be doing this. You know, that's what you'd see outwardly, probably inwardly, he'd absolutely love it. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, if I, uh, I knew anything about me, was that he was a humble man, but but he would have enjoyed it as well. Sure. He would have, yeah, he would have enjoyed it. And then he, he's probably the kind of guy to say, Ah, you're right, I deserve this. <laughs> I deserve this, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely, is that true? You know, he'd, he'd be that humble, he'd say something like that, wouldn't he? And, and you know what? He does deserve it because he, he's just that, you know what? 
I got my sadness out the road the, the night it, it happened. I was in my father's house and I was pretty upset about it. Uh, and I wrote in the Celtic way and I wrote a kind of a line that's uh, you know, re- referring back to the 57 League Cup final and when he he was dropped for the final and a, a reporter broke the news to him that Celtic had won 7-1 and <laughs> typical Bertie said that's a tragedy, it's a marvellous tragedy and I wrote a line saying that when the news came through it was a tragedy but there was no marvellousness attached to this one and, and that's the way I still feel about it uh, you know it, it's tragic but he, he will live long he'll, he'll continue to live he, he'll, he'll never die you know he's, he's kind of I see him as kind of Celtic's eternal flame you know, a character like Bertie, I really do, just a, an unforgettable fire. He was a, a, he was a, a force of nature and just loved by everybody who came into contact with him. And see, to have that quality as a human being, it's, you know, you turn around and you think, you know, if you're half the man that Bertie was then, or half the, the person that Bertie was then, you're doing all right in life. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, and he'll be, He'll be well remembered today, and he'll get the send off that he does deserve, you know. And uh, and I think as much as there's real sadness about what today will what means in in the final kind of chapter in his life, uh, I think there'll be some wonderful laughter as well. And I, and that's the way he would have wanted it. I think that's the way Bertie would have wanted to be remembered. Remember the good times. Remember the fun times because he was just. He was just fun. He was a special, special person. Yeah, he absolutely was. I hate to do this to you, Jared, having to follow on from Tony, but um, I wanted to get your thoughts because obviously all the con- regular contributors to Axum have, have spoken about Bertie this week, but what does it mean to you to lose somebody of Bertie's standing in the club's history and, and what were your feelings when it happened? I was uh, devastated, but upset. Oh. But at the same time, as Tony was just saying, he would have wanted us to celebrate him with a smile on his face because he always had a smile on his face. Like, I personally never met Bertie. So for me, I've got nothing on what Tony, Tony's got. The only Lisbon line I've actually been lucky enough to meet is Willie Wallace because he lives over here. Mm. So, But at the same time, I think of Bertie and like when my grandfather passed, I was told, Everyone has two lives. There's the actual physical life and then there's everyone who knows you. Your second life is them living their best life with your memory within them. So my grandfather passed away two years ago. I'm going to remember him the rest of my life so he technically doesn't die off until everyone that knew him. Bertie won't have that. That's the way I look at it. He's a Lisbon line. He's a legend. That He's not going to ever die off. We're all here fleeting, but he will forever live on as a Celtic icon. And RIP Birdie, condolences to his family and everyone who knew him. Because, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the guy was an absolute, absolute icon of the club. And every time I saw him, whether it's singing with Charlie and the boys or <laughs> I've never heard the Celtic song sung by anyone more than once in my life, except for videos of Birdie. Like, <laughs> I hear that song pregame and I'm like, I hear it in Birdie. So the guys live on forever. 
He absolutely is. Um, <clears throat> if you're interested in, in seeing, I think Celtic are streaming some of uh, some of the funeral mass and some of the cortege and stuff like that past Celtic Park on their official YouTube channel. Uh, the mass starts at twelve o'clock, and then and then there will be various elements of it on the YouTube channel afterwards. So, I would encourage you if you're not heading down to St Mary's or 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 or, or to Celtic Park to pay your respects to to tune in and, and uh, join other Celtic fans from across the world and paying your respects to a legend. Um, thank you Tony, thank you Jared for joining me today, we'll be back on Sunday for the, the match coverage against Aberdeen as always um, and just a little parting uh, word to Bertie if he's listening, rest in peace pal um, if you're waiting in the tunnel at the Pearly Gates I hope you're singing uh, thanks very much everybody and we'll see you on Sunday and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.